Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above for today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Today's Friday, Friday, that means we're heading into a weekend, and it is a pretty much decent weekend astrologically and from a human design perspective. However, we're moving into the month of May. Can you believe that? Tomorrow we're in the first of May, May Day, right? May Day. And we are heading into a month that promises to have many shifts, many changes, many disruptions and interruptions, uh, as there are many, um, let's say changes and movements of planets, but not only just from astrology, but also in human design. And the Pleiadian Earth calendar also shows us some pretty important shifts and changes that are going on from the perspective of the calendar. So be prepared, right, for the month of May. So today, here's today's plan. Uh, we're going to talk about the moon for the weekend as the moon in about mm, an hour is going to be shifting out of the sign of Sagittarius and into Capricorn. That sets the tone for a working weekend, if you will, or a weekend filled with work uh, or one that is about grounding in some practical applications of things that you've been working on. And so we have that happening. And then we also have a very powerful sun conjunct Uranus today that starts the new cycle of sun and Uranus for the year. And then we also have to take a sort of peek, sneak peek, if you will, at the energies for the month of May. So I hope you're all doing well. I'm gonna go check into YouTube, make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be and I am. It's always nice when the plan comes together, right? Uh, so good morning to Asa and Mimi, Pauline. It's great to see you all out there so far this morning, and I'm sure others will be joining us as we go along. So uh, check in with us, right, in the chat. Tell us how things are going in your life. What are you looking forward to? What kind of change do you sense is on the horizon in your world, uh, as it's probably different from the changes that are on the horizon in my world? And uh, let's just share, right? Let's just share and see what's happening as we go around um, the sun, as the sun goes around the earth, or as the earth goes around the sun, woohoo, backwards. Uh, so today, Friday, what we have today is the moon in Sagittarius right now in the void. So we're kind of wandering, right? There's a little bit of a wanderingness to the energy at the moment, as the moon hasn't made any new contacts. Uh, and is sort of in that waffling phase until 9.16 a.m. Pacific time. So that'll be noon 16 for those of you on the East Coast. And further east, it will be more like late afternoon when the moon actually moves into uh, the sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn is a sign that is taking us into the energy of work. It's ruled by Saturn. So for the weekend, we have a very deep connection to the planet Saturn. Saturn is ruling, if you will, the weekend. And what is that going to mean for all of us? And the moon will be in Capricorn until uh, 1231 p.m. West Coast time on Sunday when it makes the change to Aquarius energy. So for those of you on the East Coast, literally most of the day of Sunday, at least until 331, is going to be with the moon in 
Capricorn not shifting to Aquarius until much later in the day. So this might be a great weekend to get some things done, right? Do you have that checklist, right? And how many things are still left on that checklist? Like I've been, I've been waffling on getting things done in my garden, like the weather's been decent and it's not been terribly cold. It hasn't been terribly rainy even, although today the rain is back. So why am I not yet ready to go outside and do the work that needs to be done to make the garden look pretty? I don't know. I've been too many mind things, perhaps, you know, that that mind energy has still been very powerful, the mental energy, the mental component. Um, but actually, you know, with the moon moving into Capricorn, that gives us some energy for the earth. So the practical aspects, the more down to earthness, the, the getting the job done, having goals and being able to complete them. So maybe this will be the weekend, although I kind of doubt it. I have a lot of family obligations this weekend, so we shall see what happens there. Uh, so let's kind of break down what is ruled by Saturn and Capricorn. So of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is time. Capricorn Saturn is time oriented and the time here is about typically the the time when things come into maturity right the the blossoming time or the maturing time and in time here it, it's setting up the foundation for the future. Uh, once Saturn moves into Aquarius, or the moon in this case, this weekend will move into Aquarius, the so Saturn's already there, the time becomes the future. So the opportunity we have now is to take in the energy of the now and make sure that everything that we can do to prepare for the future is done and that we have an eye, if you will, to what is sustainable for the future, not just getting things out there and doing things, but actually preparing for the future and being sensible in the decisions that we're making. Saturn here, or Capricorn energy, very sensible, that down to earthness, right? This is a sign of responsibility as well. Responsibility, or is it responsibility, right? Both play here. Um, Saturn is insisting that we keep our commitments and not just to the other people that we may make commitments to in our lives, but what about the commitments you make to yourself, right? You're committing perhaps to get something done or you're committing to, um, you know, being there more for your family or you're committing to uh, getting a new job or cutting back your work schedule or whatever it is that you've committed to. Are you honoring that commitment to yourself, but also to others? So keeping your commitments to self and others is a part of the Capricorn Saturn experience this weekend, as well as reputation. Capricorn and Saturn both are very reputation oriented. So it's almost like they always have these little antenna out about what they look like, about how they're showing up in the world, uh, about what it looks like to the outer world, right? So there is that idea of reputation and being seen as competent. As, as being capable <clears throat> of being uh, the authority of uh, whatever it is that you are the mistress or master of. And as well, structures and forms. Saturn really is a sign that, uh, that loves structure and form. He wants to, he, he sees to it that there's 
the ability to create sustainability, right? So sustainability and responsibility are linked here uh, with the moon moving through Capricorn and being in Saturn's territory. We're looking for the solid, the foundation, right? That is not just solid for this moment, but it's gonna stand the test of time by being sustainable, by being strong, right? <clears throat> There's also goals and ambitions here in Capricorn. As Capricorn energy uh, for the weekend, maybe we can define our goals more. I was having a chat this week with um, a company called Salesforce. I was looking at their email management program and their social media programs. And uh, one of the first things that I realized as I was chatting with them is that I really had no strategy or goal for social media or for email contact with people. I more or less just fly by the seat of my pants. I think of something I want to say, so I send it out. Or I have Asa diligently working in the background on graphics, which she does so beautifully. But is there a coherent message? Is there a goal here or a strategy through which that I'm communicating information to people? So that was already coming up in my mind as I was um, looking at this idea of defining goals. So defining the goals, your ambitions, what gets you going? Why are you, what's your why? I think that's another good question. What is the why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And um, as you're thinking about the why you're doing what you're doing, what is the, the next logical step in expressing that why to the world or to yourself? And this doesn't have to be just about what you're doing, right? We, we do seem to focus a lot on the the active or activity part of who we are, but what about the defining of who you are, right? Knowing yourself, that's huge as well. And, you know, today might be a really good day to, to really tap into that with the sun conjunct Uranus. Uh, we have maybe a, an in with something that might interrupt the old cycle, right? That might put us on the pathway to something more appropriate for who we are or for who we want to be. So that's just a, an aha that was just coming in at that moment for all of you. But there is something to be said about, you know, Capricorn's tendency to get stuck or Saturn's tendency to get stuck in uh, the old or to get stuck in an old pattern, uh, to be so comfortable in the way that things are working that there's no room or no will maybe to even make change. And that's not going to fly here for very long as May is in, in the month itself, starting with today. So April 30th here today with the sun in a conjunction to Uranus is this opportunity for us to rethink everything, re-strategize everything, give your life or your beingness a once over, right? Look at it. Is it what you really wanted? Is it in alignment with your heart? That is the uh, opportunity that we have for this weekend, looking at the nuts and bolts and are they rusted uh, and in need of replacement? Is there something new that you need to add to it to make it more palatable or more strong and to endure? So there may be hard work involved with this. Sometimes, you know, we, we can't help it. Sometimes we actually have to break everything down to rebuild it. And that may be something that we are looking at for not only this weekend, but as a template or a model of what may come in for us as the month of May wears on. Success is also a part of the Capricorn Saturn experience. Believe it or not, Saturn isn't all bad. And Capricorn 
uh, is one of the signs that reaches for success, right? They're reaching for success. Why are they climbing that corporate ladder? They're looking for success. They're looking for a way to channel their ambition and find the way to reach their goals. And that's something that is laudable. There's nothing wrong in reaching for your goals, right? The only um, uh, bad thing that can come up around this is for people who become ruthless in their drive to reach their goals and step all over other people in their rise to to fame or their rise to prominence so that's more of the shadow energy here but there's absolutely nothing wrong with reaching for the stars and when you do that in the right way for you whether it's about what you want to do or who you want to be saturn recognizes you right? There's recognition, there's reward, there's success in being able to stand the test of time, to do the due diligence or the work that's required, and to make sure that it's your actual authority that you're expressing, your authenticity that you're expressing, and not someone else's, right? Or someone else's idea of what they think you should do or who you should be. There's a very management quality to Capricorn energy as well, thanks to Saturn. And that management might be self-management or the management of your life in general, or maybe you're in a management position, but it's about commanding respect. You cannot manage people. You cannot lead and guide and nurture others without their respect. And that respect, of course, begins with you, respecting yourself, respecting others, respecting the work that must be done to get where you want to go. And in some cases, it's about delegating responsibility. Some of us are over... Uh, indulging in the work, let's say, as we are constantly just doing, 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 not delegating the responsibilities to the right people or to uh, the right timing. So delegating responsibility is part of this, following rules. Capricorns are kind of rule followers, but I would encourage you, actually, it won't be me encouraging you to this. <laughs> It'll be the sun conjunct Uranus today, encouraging us to break the rules, right? To step outside, <laughs> outside of the norms and to be different, to show up in the world in maybe a quirky, unique sort of way. Um, of course, Capricorn rules authority and authority figures, the boss, your father, the, the people in your life that, that command your respect. And us, of course, assuming that you are your own authority, this is a great time to really lay claim to that. Stake your claim, right? That's a word I've been playing with lately as in cryptocurrencies, which I'm learning so much about, um, you can stake your, your crypto and earn more money. So that's a word that's coming up here as well. Uh, traditions, also a part of the moon moving through the sign of Capricorn. And the moon, remember, is already something that is sort of nostalgic and takes us back to our family traditions or the things that we we know and love that we do, you know, on a consistent basis. For example, um, holidays, right? What do we do on the 4th of July? What do we do at Christmas? What do we do at New Year's and Easter and on and on birthdays? So those kinds of traditions that we hold dear and um, being able to have traditions links us both to our lineage or our family of origin, uh, but then is something that we also share with the younger generation as a way to honor both the past and the uh, future. So 
traditions important here. Of course, every sign has its more negative aspects. In Capricorn, it is pessimism, right? The exact opposite of Jupiter's optimism. Here we might have Saturn's pessimism. We may be too stern. We may be joyless. It, just because we're in a sign of more serious action or seriousness, we don't have to be joyless, right? We don't have to be so taciturn and stern. We, we can be more free and we can uh, be flexible as inflexibility is one of the issues that Capricorns may have and as well a fear of the new. We hold on so tightly to the past that our traditions become entrenched and we can't see how they may be upgraded to be more appealing to the energies of the now and set us up for the future. So don't be afraid of the new, don't be suspicious of the new, be open uh, to the new, but also trying to ground in the best of the traditions, the best of the past as we journey forward uh, at this time. In the body, uh, the sign of Capricorn, but is ruled by, it, of course, uh, Saturn. So we have a connection to the bones, the joints in your body, your teeth, your teeth, your knees, your skin. These are all the things that Saturn and Capricorn rule in the body, as well as arthritis and rheumatisms, the, 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 the conditions of disease, let's say, in the joints. And the gallbladder is also something that Saturn rules uh, as well. Capricorn has a condition, I mean, a, a, a relationship to that particular condition of the gallbladder. Um, so, Saturn rules some of the more important things in the body, and this weekend those things are actually up in our faces. So, uh, how I'm going to go check in, see how everybody's doing, because I'm sure there's more people there now. Good morning to Christine and Debbie Tippett's Two Meal and Corey and Kathleen Mallory. Debbie Tippett's Two Meal says, "Great day for the Pats getting Mac Jones as quarterbacks." Ooh, they dumped Cam, huh? Uh, Jennifer Peachy, happy Friday, Corey. I'm traveling on an airplane tomorrow for the first time since COVID, and I'm nervous but have to get back out there again sometime. Absolutely. J-Lo, hello to you, sweetie. She says, I just came in and funny sounds like organizing. I woke up at 845 saying, I'm going to fix my messy table. <laughs> Absolutely. Capricorn is a fellow to uh, Virgo, fellow earth sign. So yes, of course, there's organizing and making things right, uh, putting them in order, all of that. Augustina, good morning. Stephanie Worth, hello to you. Asa says, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I moved too far. Kathleen Mallory, planting energy in Earth. Earth sign Capricorn. Asa, it will be at 9.15 Pacific time. Uh, yeah, it's in the void right now. Right now we're in the wandering. We're in the space between the adventure, freedom, loving, Sagittarius, and Capricorn. I'm only speaking about Capricorn because we have literally just about less than an hour left before we get into Capricorn energy. Augustina, good morning to you. And uh, Erica Dorsey, nice to see you. My Capricorn moon and Mars feels always stuck in old patterns. Now, there's something to be said here about, there's something to be said about the old or the traditional, let's call it, right? Your Capricorn moon and your Mars and Capricorn are really anchoring in maybe the best parts of the past. And that doesn't mean that you need to get stuck there. It means that 
you're going to be a bridge, right? You're going to build that bridge to the new. And that bridge to the new begins with a solid foundation, right? You can't build a bridge across a river or across a bay unless you have absolute stanchions that are grounded, that have the foundation that's, you know, driven deep into rock or cement so that it can hold the weight, right? So Capricorn moon, Capricorn Mars, you are having a strong foundation so that you can be the bridge or help build the bridge to the new or to the future. So there you have that. Pauline Solia, my Capricorn moon and Saturn and Sag, so balance for the time indeed. And Erica says, I feel seen, LOL. I love that. Amanda J, hello to you. And Kathleen Mallory says, I was at the dentist yesterday, ruling teeth indeed. Um, JLo, pretty crazy as the winds have been picking up in New York and we have been getting alerts. Wonder VOC could be making it windy. Uh, Debbie TT says, no, they still have cam too. Oh, so what are they going to do with cam, right? Are they going to have a, a battle of who's going to be the uh, quarterback? Hmm. Uh, what are the degrees, the degrees of what JLo, because what we're talking about is the moon's moving through Capricorn. So for the whole of the weekend, the moon will be moving through the sign of Capricorn up until Sunday afternoon, 1230, one o'clock my time. Uh, that makes it 330, it was 331, I believe your time in New York. So uh, if there's something else you're thinking about, uh, let me know. <clears throat> So one thing to take note of in all of this is that that means the moon is sitting very close right now to the galactic center and has been right for the last several hours. And the galactic center is the source of evolutionary impulses or the evolutionary intent that we're here to make kind of sets the stage for, I think, what is a big turning point right now. And there are a lot of signposts along the way that are pointing to this change or to this, uh, this um, turning point. <clears throat> One, of course, is right now today, the sun in a conjunction to Uranus. And we're going to go a little bit deeper into that here in just a moment. Um, but we're also turning right now from the month of April, where we already were seeing some, you know, jostling around some, you know, some high energy being uh, sown in the in the energetic fields. And then we're transitioning into May. And May is a highly energetic month. And I'm going to try to do a quick rundown today of some of the major points uh, in May. And uh, because of the strength of what happens in the month of May, I'm going to be offering something to all of you that usually only the members get in the membership, and that is the monthly transit ebook that will tell you all of the different transits day by day from astrology to human design and also uh, to the important phases that we'll be going through in the Pleiadian Earth calendar. So I am in the finishing of that project right now and will be ready to publish that likely sometime this weekend. So I will make sure that everybody has the ability to download that to give you sort of something to, to look at as we're going through these very high energies of the month of May. And that'll be something that, um, you know, maybe you'll like that, right? Maybe that will be something that you really enjoy. And I'll want your feedback on that, of course, but it'll give you sort of a daily update of what is going on. 
And I want to remind everybody right now, before I launch into the sun conjunct Uranus, is that there's a lot of energy right now in Taurus. The sun is in Taurus, Uranus is in Taurus. So the sun conjunct Uranus is happening in the same place where Venus, the black moon Lilith and Mercury are also sitting. So we have a lot of energy, a stellium of energy packed into one sign in your chart. So if you know where Taurus sits in your chart, then you know where you have a lot of focus right now on uh, your, your um, life or one area of your life, let's say that's highlighted. Now, it can't be just the one area though. The one area is being focused on Taurus. So you may be focused on where is it that you've been too stuck? Where are you too planted? Let's say where you might need to stir things up. Uh, the other focus is, am I living out my true values, right? Am I living, am I walking my talk and talking my walk? Or am I saying one thing and doing something completely different? And if that's the case, you have this grand opportunity to realign yourself in the right uh, direction. And as well in Taurus energy, it has a financial aspect. So right now we see that it, it seems like we're still in this bull market, if you will, where there's still growth occurring. Um, but this is maybe a turning point there as well, entering in maybe some volatility to the markets that we have to be aware of. So volatility in our finances, perhaps there's pressure for um, increasing prices for for that kind of energy to start playing in our world. So I'm not saying this to be fearful, but to watch for the market pressures, the financial or economic pressures over the next few weeks. And uh, we did get good economic news. So that was kind of surprising too. The first quarter grew more than the United States expected. The expectation was that's a good thing. Um, so we, we then have to watch, you know, other aspects of our economy and the I here is to sustainability. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it being sustainable, right? Being in for the long haul and knowing that these changes and disruptions that may occur, um, are about redefining who we are, redefining the financials, redefining our values. And sometimes that is a high energy sort of process. It doesn't happen easily. And usually after a lot of um, growth in a market, we have inflation. And that's kind of the indicator that I'm seeing is that maybe we're starting down the road to inflation. So just watching and waiting, seeing what, you know, using your own intuition and your own wisdom about the markets and about your finances, but making sure that you don't go into fear around those things as well. Now, also, this could be a, an injection of great faith in the system and uh, the, the financial system, that is, and our optimism, right? There's still Jupiter here, and Jupiter's playing a huge role as we move into May, and uh, we'll want to talk about that as well. So that lays the template. Lots of energy going on in Taurus, at least for the next few days of uh, the first let's say five days of the sun uh, of the the entry into may then that begins to shift so let's start with today's sun conjunct uranus and what we might expect about that um so hold on let me see one more thing here kathleen uh taurus sixth house of health drinking water taking vitamins paying attention yes indeed uh jlo congratulations janet 
Oh, 700 subscribers. Oh, great. Thank you, Amanda. Um, that's amazing. Thank you. And then, of course, all of you, that prompts me to say, as JLo said, please take a moment to hit the thumbs up button if you're liking the video, share the video with your friends, and if you have not yet done so, please subscribe. That is helping us to be heard and seen out in YouTube land and then spreads the message about what we talk about in the morning to people who may have not heard of us before. Mm -hmm. Natasha, good morning. She says, oh yes, life has been crazy. Everyone would learn what Taurus is like if they spend time with over 100 kids on the playground at school. I love it. Uh, Kathleen Partners in Taurus is in the 12th house. Um, so bringing up the, the uh, unseen, right? Be, being able to bring up the invisible and make it visible. Uh, being able to see the light, if you will. I always think of the 12th house as a light being shined on us, right? It's, it represents in the wheel of the day, it represents the uh, twilight before dawn. What is that called? The dawn, the darkest before the light. I don't know what the heck to call it, but it is the time where the, the sun is just about to rise and it hasn't risen yet. So we're still sort of in that twilight-ish time um, but it's the twilight before dawn, not the twilight before sunset or after sunset. So we're bringing it out of the dark, if you will. And there we have it. Um, so let's get into the sun conjunct Uranus for a bit, because I find this one very interesting. So I want you to think about this for a moment as I, I started to look up the dates here uh, for us, but the sun every year is going around in the solar system. And as it does around the astrological wheel, let's put it that way. And as it does, it comes into a conjunction with every one of the planets. And when he comes into conjunction with the outer planets, so that might be Jupiter or Saturn, and it could be Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, there's a new beginning of the cycle that those two planets have with one another. So the sun, highly energy, um, big energy, uh, energy of doing, the energy of our being, right? Our personalities coming into conjunction with Uranus, a planet of lightning fast change, of awakening, of shock, of surprises, being our unique selves. So when they come together, right? It starts this new cycle of the sun's really shining on where is it that we need to bring out our authentic selves, right? Where do we have to really be uh, looking at what's new and what's innovative, right? What's quirky even, right? Eccentric even. So without the ideals of the world, um, we would constantly, we'd still be back in the dark ages, right? If we didn't have ideals of ways that we can reach out to the future and be something more, we would still be back there in those dark ages. So we have the sun conjunct Uranus, among others, to thank for uh, setting the tone for what's to come, right? The changes that are coming up. Now, if you want to know the particulars, the sun conjunct Uranus occurs at 10 degrees, 46 minutes of the sign of Taurus. So this is happening in that Taurus, within that Taurus stellium, Right, so we have this energy lightning bolt coming in, hitting the earth, earth, Taurus, and possibly setting the stage for us to really see where we've been stuck, right? Lightning on the ground tends to 
um, stir up things, right? <laughs> it stirs up the energy. Certainly is uh, frightening at times, but it can also be awe-inspiring. So let's go with the awe-inspiring part of this. So it's time for a shift, right? We are upshifting, if you will. That's how I would look at it. We are going to shift to the next level. It's time for change, right? It's telling us that maybe we can't go on economically in the same way that we've been going. We can't go on uh, living out the things that we thought we valued. We might have to um, shift up our values. And of course, we can't continue on with our relationships uh, projecting upon one another and not living out the highest and best in our relationships. So there's a lot changing. And it's not just our relationships with one another, although that's a part of it. It's our relationship to the earth. It's our relationship to all of the institutions that we can think of, all of the things that we built on the ground, right? All of the things that we built as supports in our life. Remember that Taurus is where this is occurring and Taurus is an earth sign. It's a builder, right? So what are we building and is it sustainable? Big questions right now, right? And is, you know, after having the legs cut out of us or cut out from under us over the last year, then it gives us this grand opportunity to really begin to build something of lasting quality, something that makes sense, something that's more sustainable, something of more equality, right? So we have a lot of, of um, potential for what this uh, conjunction brings to us. We also have the potential for interruption and disruption. I mean, certainly, Uranus does that. He's the master of that. He's the lightning bolt thrower that upsets the game, right? That takes us out, makes us run in different directions. So we want freedom here with Uranus as well. And I can tell you, this is something that's been on my mind the last couple of days as uh, in this state, we have different phases for COVID that we can be in. And in the county I live in, we've gone into phase three. And we've been in phase three for a few weeks, but suddenly there was a higher instance of COVID tests positive and people in the hospitals. And so it's a possibility we may have to go backwards into phase two. And I find myself totally rebelling against this. And I'm usually not a rebel, although sometimes I can be, um, but I have this rebellious streak here where I just want to go out and flaunt any rules that they want to place on us as I think we're fatigued. There's this feeling of, all right, you've clipped my wings long enough. I'm not going to stand for it much longer. So we'll have to watch that for all of us because it's not just, you know, that, that bigger connection. It might be in our own personal lives, in our interpersonal relationships where we want to feel that freedom and we want to express that freedom. We want to live free and that can trigger or bring up a rebellious streak in the people in general. So I would watch for maybe some of those kinds of energies. Of course, this is our finances, values. They're all in an evolutionary state right now. This is a rule breakers kind of setup, right? <laughs> um, I often think of Uranus, especially when he's in forward motion as the contrarian while he is, he's flaunting tradition, he flaunts um, the, the, the way that we would, the norms, let's say, he flaunts the norms, and he does the unexpected. So we have the beginning here of something new, but anytime we have something new, we always have that trouble in the beginning, that kind of uh, 
just that upset that happens partly from the, the people that might be in resistance to the change. And then we have the people that are, you know, kind of on the fence, not knowing for sure if they want to go with that change. And then we have the people that are all full tilt, let's go off to the future. So we may have, you know, this, um, this feeling of, of friction for the month as the sun begins a new transit with Uranus. And what will that bring us? Well, we'll, we'll know for sure because we'll, all we have to do is observe what's going on around us, right? What goes on in the economy, what goes on in our own personal finances, what's happening in our world at large, how are people's ideas and ideals changing? That will give us an idea. When we get to August, in August, we'll have the first square of the sun to Uranus. Now the sun in his transits is doing the very same thing that the moon does to, with the sun, right? The moon comes into new, goes into the first square or the first quarter where we have this crisis of action, goes into the full where it is about revelation or an aha moment, uh, a completion, then goes to the third quarter, which is the crisis of consciousness. Now I have to shift up here and uh, then to the new phase again. Well, Saturn, excuse me, Uranus and the sun do the same thing. So the first square coming in August will be the real test right? The action, the, the crisis of action. Did we take the right steps? Um, likely we didn't. That's my guess is that we hold back in some way, or we continue to do things in the, uh, in a more traditional way. And now we're going to pay the price at the crisis of action. Some obstacle or something shows up in this, um, this new, uh, phase that we're entering in. And then we have the halfway point that will happen somewhere around, let's see, this is April. So I'm guessing November. And then we get back to the, the new again. So we have a, an entire new cycle beginning here between the sun and Uranus. So look at your own chart, right? The new beginning might be where are you stuck in that Taurus energy? Where might you need to do something to shake things up? to in, enable yourself to move forward. So big considerations for all of us for the, the foreseeable future. Uh, let's see, any questions about that? Let me know in the chat. Uh, in the meantime, let's go on to Saturday's energy. Saturday is a quiet is the quietest day, let's say, of the weekend. The moon will be fully in Capricorn that day and in a trine to Uranus and the sun and to Venus. So a smooth energy. So, so Saturday likely is a fairly decent day. The only other transit is a sextile to Neptune. That brings us intuition. It brings us spirituality. It brings us connection. And then we have some other themes going on on Saturday. It's get to work on ideas, right? Get to work on your ideas. We are at the height of the Taurus stellium. By now, you should be pretty darn clear about where you might be stuck and where there's new possibilities opening up for you. It's a, it'll be a day where we can really consider how to reconfigure our lives to align with our true values, right? And our true hearts. When I talk about values, I'm talking about where's your heart, right? Where's your heart in this? Where's your heart in anything is the most important consideration. If you're in alignment with your heart, then you are moving in the right direction. You are living from your values. But if they're at cross purposes, then you're living in a, a limited way, right? Because one part of you is pushing off in this direction, while the other part of you is pushing off in the other direction and or holding space in the old direction. So here's our time to reconfigure 
uh, everything about who you are, about what you want to do to align more fully with your heart. Then we get to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Hello, Ingrid. It's good to see you. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel says, yes, Oregon just shut down all small businesses again. But Costco and Walmart are all open. People are pissed off about it as 1,200 small restaurants have already shut their door. Yeah, you see, that's that's the thing, right? There's this, we have to somehow come to a balance point between what's good for our economy, what's good for people's livelihoods, and what's good for people's health. And, um, you know, I'm not going to profess to know those answers, but I think, I, I'm not even going to go here with this one. You all have your own uh, senses and sensibilities about what's right for you, right? If, if, so do what's right for you. And I think that's the part that the, the governments aren't seeing is that we are responsible people that mostly, right? We are mostly responsible people and we can make decisions on our own for what's good for us. While also, I think we've become mature enough, let's say, that we will also consider other people in that, right? I'm not gonna go to a restaurant and you know just cough and sneeze and, you know, blow my nose and, you know, make a scene about, you know, what's going on with my health. Um, and I don't think other people do too. <laughs> we wear our masks, right? We wash our hands. I think we're responsible at this point. I think COVID is going to do what COVID's going to do. It's going to have these waves. It's going to go high. It's going to go low. Um, I don't know that it helps any to have us, you know, be, I don't know, hurting our economy any further. That's just my opinion. My opinion. You didn't ask, but I'm telling. Uh, let's go to Sunday, shall we? So Sunday, uh, the moon is still in Capricorn. It is in a void from 7.38 a.m. my time to 12.31 p.m. And uh, that means the moon is in a sort of wandering phase, right? So maybe it's a great time to finish up complete projects that you may have started on Saturday uh, to you know, finish organizing something uh, to see the fruits of your labors, right? So there's that. And then the moon will move into Aquarius, a much different energy. Aquarius is Uranus's realm and the sun conjunct Uranus. They're still very close to one another, even on Sunday. And that might give us some inspiration, some ideas about what we want to do, where we want to go um, and who we want to do that with. Who do I want to be? So some surprising things, maybe inspirational things coming for later in the weekend, especially if you do your due diligence through the rest of today and uh, on Saturday. Now, there are a couple of, uh, well, three. There are three. Oh, no, 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 sorry. The moon on Sunday will be conjunct Pluto and um, trine Mercury. So the conjunction of the moon to Pluto can be emotional but it doesn't have to be emotional negative. It can be emotional positive, right? It can be empowering. It can be very empowering. It can be very family oriented. And um, it, it, it can be a day of power struggles between people as well, if we wanna go into the more negative, but the moon moves quickly. So the moon conjunct Pluto will only, will actually happen um, likely, but it, well, before the void, right? It's probably the last aspect before the void. So middle of the night kind of thing here in my time zone, early in the morning, for those of you on the East Coast and the trying to Mercury, the moon and Mercury work, work well together to share information, to uplift the mind, to uplift the soul. 
Now there are two transits on Sunday to deal with as well, Mercury trine Pluto and Venus in a sextile to Neptune. So these are good transits, right? The, the Mercury trine Pluto. So if you think about what Mercury rules, your communication, your mind, right? Your, your uh, ability to connect to new ideas and to share ideas, to communicate, right? So we're thinking and speaking more powerfully on Sunday with a transit like this. It, we also hold the power of persuasion when the moon, or excuse me, when Mercury trines Pluto. So what is it you need to persuade either yourself or others about? You have that power of persuasion. Um, we'll be able to meet perhaps with someone that has a powerful effect on us, whether it's an influential person, uh, or we might have someone that we meet up with as a mentor, uh, but Mercury trying Pluto supports our, our powerful transformation energy that we need to go through in our minds, but also in the way that we communicate with one another. Venus sextile Neptune is the beautiful one here. Uh, it's sensuality meeting spirituality. So it's magical for romance. It's magical for love and compassion. Those are the more and altruism, right? There's another, there's a, a, a very service oriented connection here. But on the more negative side, we have Neptune as the power of deception, right? And delusion. Uh, Neptune can be vague and it can be uh, someone who is not telling you completely the truth and likely someone that you might be romantically linked to or someone that is uh, someone a, a, loved, a loved one of sorts. So watch to see if people are actually telling you the truth. Are they purposely trying to deceive you? Um, use your discernment, right? Sometimes also called a BS meter to know whether someone is leading you astray or not. And of course, on your own path, don't lead others astray. Be truthful, be honest, stay in your integrity. Um, Venus and Neptune coming together like this is also highly imaginative and highly creative. We might even Sunday night going to sleep, have some very powerful dreams, uh, or some powerful ahas that occur to us um, while we slumber. So there we go. Um, JLo says, pretty odd in New York City. Everything will reopen July 1st fully, and many others are slowly lifting. Oh, yes, I guess, you know, we, we every state is kind of doing things differently. Um, I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. I don't know what to say about it. I just know it's what we have in the moment and we have to make the best of wherever it is that we are. But we also don't have to go silently and just obey, if you will, blindly. If it makes sense and it's in your, um, if it makes sense to you personally, then go with it, right? If it doesn't make sense to you, do what you know is right for you. It's the same thing I tell people about getting the, the shot or getting a COVID test or, um, you know, traveling. You've got to go with what is right for you, right? And trust me when I say COVID shows up sometimes without even thinking. It happened just recently in my own family as uh, one of the daughters of my um, daughter's ex-husband, so kind of a stepdaughter, step-granddaughter, if you will, even, uh, came up with COVID. And it was just such a shock because she had been around everybody wearing a mask. She had gone to school because schools were back open. And so it was really surprising. Yet before they realized she had COVID, she'd been with all of the members of the family. And there's like six of them. 
and no one else got it. That's so strange. So sometimes it just is what it is, right? It's an experience maybe that was designed for that person to have, who knows, right? So just follow your own heart, follow your own wisdom. Christine Buckingham, JLo on NPR, they discussed this today. It all depends on how everything goes. Nothing is set in stone. Mutating variants could possibly change things. And New York City got the hardest hit to begin with too. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was hard. So we're still playing with this. I still think we are on the, um, the ending train, if you will, of this particular um, virus. And like anything else, you know, we learn to adapt, right? We become very adept at moving through these things. That's why humanity has lived for as many millennia as we have, right? Because our bodies are meant to adapt to changing conditions. And we too in our lives are very flexible and adaptable. And it's just when we get into fear where we stick our feet in the ground and push in like the bull does, right? <laughs> so, um, just go with the flow, right? It's all we can do at this point. Uh, let's look at May highlights as we're getting close to the end of the hour here today. Um, when we're looking at May, the very first things we're going to see is Mercury and Venus both changing signs, moving out of Taurus, breaking up the stellium, if you will, and moving into Gemini. And the, that changes up the nature of our love relationships, but it changes up the nature of our communication as well. Gemini is a sign of activity. It's a sign of movement and in motion. It's always moving. It likes to travel, especially short distances. It's going to the store. It's going to visit friends. It's dropping off things, doing errands, going on a short weekend uh, adventure. So Gemini energy is very motion oriented. So we get the two inner we get two of the three inner planets there. And of course, what are we doing? We're moving, right? We're talking, we're communicating. And so for the next several weeks um, after next week, we will be engaged in movement of all kinds. The biggest news perhaps for May, I, and I mean, this is one of many May events, is that um, Jupiter has sped through the sign of Aquarius and will enter Pisces on May 13th. And it will be there until July 28th, sort of dabbling around at the zero, one, and two degree marks. So if you could find zero, one, and two degrees of Pisces in your natal chart, you'll have an idea of where Jupiter is touching down. And, you know, Jupiter is a planet that grows and expands, right? That's its purpose is to grow, is growth, expansion, evolution. So uh, what is... What is interesting, I would say, about this is that Pisces, where Jupiter's moving into, also rules the viruses, bacteria, the lymph system, right, our immune response. And so it'll be interesting to see how that, how Jupiter putting growth and evolutionary energy into the mix for those next couple of months um, plays into that virus conversation. You know, Jupiter can grow and magnify. Does it grow and magnify the healing end? or the more um, of the disease end. So we'll just have to wait and see. But there's another point here. And that is that Jupiter in Pisces is highly imaginative and is highly engaged in manifesting um, ideals into reality. So what are we gonna focus on is the question that I wanna ask, right? Are you gonna focus on um, 
the disease? Are you going to focus on healing? Are you going to focus on being free to do what you want to do? You know, opening up everything again? Are we going to focus on the closures? We need to really get clear about what it is that we want, right? How do we want to show up in our world? Now, as well, when Jupiter changes sign, it, it, um, it, it shifting a, it's creating a societal change or a cultural shift. <clears throat> so the time is to shift focus, right? To shift what we're focused on. Remember Piscean energy has a connection to victimology, right? To victimhood, to victimness. So what we need to shift is out of that victim mode, right? We're shifting out of the victim and into being able to choose who we want to be, where we want to go, choosing freedom. The, the gate that Jupiter is in when it shifts is the gate of passion, gate 30. And that's a gate where we must align with what it is that we're, that really makes our heart sing, right? That might be a job. It might be uh, family oriented. It might be something we, who we be, right? Just whatever we're passionate about. Um, very quickly though, Jupiter will move out of that gate and into the gate 55, which is a gate of freedom, but having faith that everything is happening the way it's meant to happen and will be revealed to us in the right timing. So for the first few couple of, of months of this experience, um, we are kind of lining up with what it means to be free, searching within us for any vestiges of that fear or um, victim energy so that we can release ourselves from that in order to move forward. Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces, by the way, in the more traditional astrology, um, as well as Neptune. So Jupiter and Neptune have a connection here together. And Jupiter tends to become very imaginative and creative in the sign of Pisces. And it is emotional energy. So are we having to become more emotionally intelligent during this period of time? I would say that's part of it. Um, understanding emotion, right? Feelings. What a, how are we responding to what is the trigger point in our world, uh, in our lives? Is it a reaction, right? Or is it a response? Um, there's sensing and intuiting energy here that will ramp up somewhat. Uh, looking for meaning and looking for healing, right? We're all going to be uh, in that healing phase. Uh, Jupiter and uh, Venus at some point here are going to be empowered. They're, they're going to uh, come together in 2022. And that is a path to empowerment. Uh, Mercury, when he hits Pisces, he's in detriment here. So we may have some struggles around communicating a new message, uh, communicating our feelings. Uh, so it's a really, it's a really interesting time. And yet we have it for just a very short period of time here, at least in the beginning, May, June, and most of July. And at, for part of that time, Jupiter will be in retrograde. So Jupiter is moving forward until the summer solstice, and then turns retrograde, moving backward to finish what he started in the sign of Aquarius. So after July 28th, we'll be back in Aquarian energy with Jupiter coming back to Pisces in December. So we're getting a sort of preview, if you will. Uh, the ability to sort of tune in to what might be coming for us in 2022. 
And we rarely get that opportunity with Jupiter, right? Usually Jupiter spends the whole of his time in one sign. So he's usually in a sign for 12 months and he spends the whole 12 months in that one sign, uh, except for this time with Aquarius and Pisces. It's almost like he moves faster through Aquarius and through Pisces uh, and then um, goes into retrograde. So it's going to be interesting, I think, for us. That's probably the hallmark, the highlight of uh, May. Then on uh, May 14th, Mercury moves into the shadow of his next retrograde, and his ne next retrograde, of course, is in Gemini. So he's going to be spending an inordinate amount of time in Gemini uh, from May 3rd when he moves in there to uh, July 7th or 10th, so quite a while, and that's because of the retrograde. Uh, Saturn, Neptune, and Jupiter will be shifting gates in our human design that shifts the, the experience that we'll have of those planets. Saturn shifts into the gate 13, the listener, where we'll have to become very adept at listening and then changing the narrative of the stories that we've been telling. Neptune shifting is huge because he's, he's in the solar plexus, so he's also teaching us lessons around emotional wisdom and how to express emotion uh, correctly. Um, the shift from the gate 22 will be into the gate 36. The gate 36 is a tricky gate because it is often motivated by restlessness and boredom and can sometimes make changes and experience the ups and downs of chaos turbulence in the gene keys it's turbulence so we might expect that there is going to be some spiritual up and downs that we are experiencing but also um, the experience is what we need to be looking at the experience how are we feeling about what we're experiencing and then thinking about what do we want to experience so we may have to um, get out of our own way to have experiences and not just try to learn everything from the internet or from a book um, to get out into actual life and experience things. Jupiter, we already talked about moving into the 55, which is uh, the dragonfly. The reason I have the dragonfly here is that that gene key 55, which is the evolution out of victimhood into freedom. So that's a huge one. Saturn will turn retrograde this month as well, uh, or in May, we have a full moon lunar eclipse on May 26th at five degrees of Sagittarius. These are game-changing effects, right, that, that are in effect for about six months. So what's coming up for you around that time, it'll be at five degrees Sagittarius. It is a south node eclipse, which means that there might be things from our past that we have to contend with, that we have to either let go of, or that we have to uh, change in some way. Then, of course, Mercury is retrograde as we get to the end of the month. And when we look at the Pleiadian Earth energy, we have two Venus phase changes one week after the other, as Venus is beginning to really emerge out of the glare of the sun into the evening sky. So as we go through into later May and into June, we'll begin to see her more and more prominently in the evening sky as the evening star. And then just to add fun to everything, at the end of May, we go into the next collective shadow cycle. And that, again, is something that I think when Pia and Colin come on with us, uh, I think that's going to be what, May 21st, May 21st. 
uh, she will be able to help clarify some of that. They will be able to help clarify more about that for us. But no, it's a time when our shadows are up in our faces, right? Our collective shadows and also our personal shadows can be triggered at this time as well. So now you know why I think May is going to be such an activated month, activated enough to pull me out into uh, viewer land on Wednesdays, potentially live on Wednesdays during the month of May. If I can't make it live because there are already people scheduled on Wednesdays at the same time frame, uh, I may have to do a uh, recorded broadcast, but I will keep you posted on that. Questions, let me take a look here. Um, Pauline, uh, JLo, I had it in, and my kids only have antibodies yet never got sick yet. Yes, Christine, I love NPR, keeps me up to date. Alexa is a huge help. <laughs> I love I love NPR. Um, I think Reuters, NPR, these are news places that draw from everywhere and not just focused on the conservative or on the progressive. So they give us kind of the wider version. Uh, let's see, Kathleen, partner, second degree Saturn in Sag, seventh house. Ooh. Christine um, says, I trust NPR and BBC. Yep, me too. And Pauline, natal Pisces in eighth and ninth house, more eighth. Um, I would say that your natal Pisces is in one house because now we're using the whole sign and that makes much more sense, Pauline, to have natal Pisces in one house. So, um, and more in the eighth. So I'm going to say that Pisces is likely on your eighth house. So this will be a time of death and rebirth, right? That whole transformation time to um, elevate, inspire and change up what it is that you've been uh, stuck in. JLo, time to flush the system out, no more dis-ease, yes. All right, so, uh, okay, that is it from comments here. Let's see, let's do one last thing and draw a card. Um, I have the Galactic Heritage cards on my mind. So we're going to draw an animal card just because I love animals. <laughs> I love the spirit of animals that will guide us through this weekend. And then we'll pull a galactic heritage card because that just seemed to call to me at that moment. And ah, I think we've had this one on a weekend before the giraffe spirit. Oh, I got to go back to zoom here. Hold on one moment. So giraffe spirit, see the big picture. It is card number 29, which is an 11, illumination, right? Illumination, seeing the light, see the bigger picture. So giraffe, what is it that you have as a wisdom you want to share with us here? And then we'll do galactic. Uh, okay, Oracle says, giraffes stretch upward to reach the treetops and look down from a high vantage point. When giraffe spirit appears, it is a sign to observe from a higher view. In all aspects of your life, it's time to stretch your neck out and broaden your view, open your eyes to see what others need or are experiencing, and see the big picture that you fit into. No matter how great your wisdom, knowledge, or experience, you don't want to overlook details and connections that will help you better understand yourself and your circumstances. So stretch yourself, look beyond what catches your attention at eye level, and know that not everything is as obvious as you might like it to be. Spirit will bestow upon you a new perspective that might make 
all the difference. Ooh, giraffe spirit, our spirit guide for the weekend. Love it, love it. Um, okay, so I'm feeling a change here. Oh, Lordy God, I have so many decks of cards here. I suddenly got a picture of a Mayan symbol in my head. So rather than the going to the galactic heritage, we're going to go with the Mayan. The Mayan Oracle, the Galactic Language of Light by Ariel Spilsbury and Michael Brenner, or Brenner. I'm not sure how you say that. Um, I feel like there's something profound that these cards might need for us to say today. So a Mayan Oracle. And we get Emish, upside down Emish, but I don't think there's upside down in these cards. So Emish, the cosmic crocodile, the first day sign in the 20 days, and Emish, the beginning, the new beginning, right? Creation. Let's see what Emish says here as a guidance. Emish, I love their language too. I just love the sound of Emish or Ish or Shwen. Um, Okay, so Emish, there's always a poem to start with, and it says deep, dark, unfathomable, unfathomable, primal waters, say that 10 times fast, deep, dark, unfathomable, primal waters, I am. Tenderly do I cradle you in the mystery of becoming. Receive nourishment from my primordial depths. Emish sounds a call in your life to go beneath the surface, to plumb your own primal depths. Go to the abundant wellspring of the life force to find the nourishment for which you yearn. In trust and receptiveness is found the source of movement. Uh, from the primordial waters of unity flows the spiral of eternal emergence. Allow others to give fully to you, for in that receptivity, the circuit of love is completed. The entire universe is made up of love. Give and receive. If you are not fully receiving the gifts offered by the universe, you can short circuit your connection with the natural spirals of growth. Give freely and unconditionally without attachment to how your gift is received. Dip into the deep well of life and fill your cup with sweet waters. Offer this gift unconditionally. Trust in the situation at hand. Primal trust means making choices moment by moment with no guarantees. It means, it sounds very Uranus, doesn't it? It means not trying to control the outcomes in your life. Trust your steering mechanism of heart knowing. Trust the transformational processes that are at work in your evolution. Call on Emish, the source of life, primal waters of creation, the root source, the primordial mother, to nourish and care for you. In truly accepting this reservoir of sustenance, you will have unlimited resources to care for others as well as for yourself. Remember that you are always embraced in the arms of the divine, no matter what the exterior circumstances of your process or situation. Let's look at the shadow wisdom. And that means I'm going to be here a little bit longer because I think this is worth reading for all of us, okay? So the shadow of Yamish. In the shadow of Yamish are found issues of trust. Do you lack trust in the universe to nurture you and provide what is needed for your journey? Do you feel unsupported in your life or caught in the struggle created by expectations? Any apparent lack of support actually bears a gift. You are being given a push in the direction of your primary being. Open your connection to the source of life. Trust 
in the wisdom and abundance of the life force. Trust does not mean acting blindly without awareness or waiting without action. It means moving forward with whatever manifests in your world. Primal trust implies the understanding that there are no mistakes and no victims, only learning gifts and growth processes on the way to remembering our wholeness. In the shadow of Amish are also feelings of unworthiness to receive or feelings of discomfort when others give to you. Feelings of unworthiness can stem from many places, but the truth is that you are intrinsically worthy to receive just because you are. Love just is, and because love is neither given nor taken, but rather discovered and allowed, you are a natural part of the circulation of its energy. If you have chosen Emish, you or someone in your life may be overly attached to being a caretaker, a cosmic mama, or a self-sacrificing source of support and nurturance for others. Look at how you may have abandoned your own needs and feelings for others. Don't expect others to intuitively know your feelings. You are responsible for communicating them. Whether you find yourself in the role of giver or the one in need, the shadow of Emish urges you to look at issues of self-love, basic security, self-worth, and the need for outside validation. You're being asked to step into the primal waters of your being to discover the core of your self-acceptance, your intrinsic value, your wholeness. Find the source of your emotions, directly communicate your truth, explore, and honestly express your feelings, desires, and dreams. I sense so much of what we've talked about this morning in just that one card, right? Imish. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a fabulous weekend. I will see you Monday morning at eight o'clock and happy May, everyone. <laughs> Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.